The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... Sunny and Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. I don't know about you, but I feel good. I don't know about you, but I feel good. All right. On today's episode, we're going to be predicting who the fifth starter might be in our starting five. And after that, we'll go a little deeper into the depth chart and predict, predict who's going to be getting the majority of the minutes off the bench. After that, we'll look take a real quick look at the Sacramento Kings game from last week, and that about does it before we get to the All-Star break. Shoutouts are in order for our bet question from the last two weeks, and we actually have the same person for the shoutout for both weeks, so shoutout to at Dunks on Twitter. Two weeks ago, we were guessing Dario Saric assists versus, in our last game against Toronto, and so sad that Dario's gone, but we had to do what we had to do. So uh, Sundaris was closest on that. And then he was also closest when we were guessing TJ Warren points from our last game against the Kings. He was spot on with five. Between the two of us, Chuck, you won the the Dario assists uh, against Toronto. And I won on TJ Warren points. So we remain tied. We were tied five to five two weeks ago, and now we're tied six to six. Keeping it tight. Yeah, we've, I feel like we've been tied all season, basically. I feel like he goes back and forth each time, pretty much. I think I got off to a hot start, then you came back, and then it's back and forth. Yes, and we're getting close to the end. I mean, it's the middle of February already. I know. Is there thirty-ish games left? I, I yeah, don't have the record something like up. that. Yeah, and given that we we may be taking an all-star break since we're Sunny and PHX Pod All-Stars, we might only have four-ish uh, bet questions left. Three, four, maybe five. It's not a ton. That's true. Got to make them count now. Yeah, that's right. All right. So, the starting five. The four are very obvious, and that fifth spot has been up for quite a bit of debate on Suns, Reddit, and Twitter all over the place lately. So a lot of people are thinking it's either going to be Josh Okogie or Tory Craig to be playing the forward next to Kevin Durant. Which way do you lean, Mitch? 
It's tough. I can really see arguments for both. Tory Craig has been in that starting position for quite a bit of time now. Um, he also makes some boneheaded plays sometimes. We were just talking about this uh, the other day when when we were saying that Tory Craig makes some of the most egregious turnovers <laughs> on the team. He's not yeah. necessarily like a turnover machine, but when he turns the ball over, it's bad. Um, he has been in that position, though. He has a little bit more experience. Josh Okogie, on the other hand, is definitely more of a a versatile defender. Tory Craig is is fairly versatile too, but I'd say Okogie is a better defender. Neither of them are great on offense, um, but Okogie's got a little bit more strength, a um, little bit more of a versatile defender, and uh, touch younger. So I can kind of see this going either way. I guess if I had to say right now, I would probably lean Okogi because he's been hot lately. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like when when everyone got the memo that there's going to be a, a starting spot open after all this goes down, it seems like he's the one that really took the initiative to go get it. Because, man, yeah. has he been... And even before the trade went down, he's just been great for us in the last couple weeks here. So, I... I don't know, man. I think I lean Okogi right now, too, because it just it, it kind of simplifies everything in a way, because with Okogi, there's the, the number one role is to go play defense on their best guy one through four, probably more like one through three. But we get to do something like that, know that he can. Tory Craig's not great against smaller guards. He's better against wings defensively. Okogi can cover them both pretty solidly. So I, I just really like the idea of Okogi guarding the number one option, Book taking the next best guard, and then Chris taking the the leftover. I'm not saying we're hiding Chris by any means, but uh, if he can guard the the least active guy one through three on the opposing team. I just, I really like the idea of that. And maybe Craig kind of loses us that versatility in the situation. But again, the point you made about Tory Craig and his experience with the team, the chemistry with the guys and all that. I mean, he, he has an argument for that spot. And as a rebounder too, uh, KD can yeah. grab rebounds, but Tory Craig, that that's his main job as of late. It seems like he's just, absolutely attacking the glass and we we know how much we like to attack the offensive glass now so there there's arguments for both but i have a i have a bit of a dark horse okay and it's uh it's a new guy okay i think i might know where you're going and i think i might be thinking the same thing i don't know i'm going a pretty alternative route here okay especially because he didn't play when a couple or one new guy played the other night. Oh, okay. Baisley. Yeah. Again, completely simplifying his role. You don't need to touch the ball, man. He he's not a he's not a scorer. Yeah. He's long, he's athletic. He can he can guard I think he this guy can probably guard one through five. Mm. So interesting. Throw, Throw that in with the boys. Then we have some size. We have some rebounding. We have some defense. 
but I don't think he's going to be Okogi level of output on offense if this mm. trend continues. So that's where mm. I get hung up. It's something I'd kind of like to see, but I kind of doubt it's going to happen. I just wanted to throw that out there. Interesting. So my idea was different. Um, this is not certain yet, but it's looking like it. Terrence Ross probably going to sign with the Suns after his buyout he, he is did. complete. Oh, he it's did. Complete. Oh, it's official. It's yes. official. Okay. Good to know. So I guess I missed that. That must have happened very recently. What about him starting? I mean, we know that we have a lot of guys who like to get into the paint uh, or at least the mid-range. We're going to need a good shooter to be able to kick it out to. Do we start Terrence Ross or or is he more of an off-the-bench scorer like a Damian Lee? Man. I lean towards off the bench with him. Yeah. But I'm really excited for what he's going to bring to the table. Me too. I feel like he's known as being a pretty streaky shooter. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, our entire bench backcourt are streaky shooters. Yeah. (laughs) Even I'll I'll even say that about Damian Lee right now because he was on one ultra-hot streak to start the season, but lately he is – really been struggling so yeah he's cooled down for sure i'll I'll throw that in the streaky category a little bit i suppose but mm-hmm. i put ross over Shamit. i kind of think they can bring similar things to the table right away but i feel like mm-hmm. ross with the experience probably just a little more little more consistent so the, I, I like ross being one of the first guys off the bench yeah i guess that makes sense um, but there's I mean, TJ yeah, too, man. I, I mean, there's I there's numerous options what we could do, and TJ Warren is probably the best player coming off of our bench. That's true. Maybe he deserves it, but man, that the scoring, we we don't need a ton more scoring with the starting five. Right, right. Yeah, it's it is pretty tricky. Um. Because you kind of, I mean, I'm like, oh, we got to put our best player out there. But we also don't want our bench to just, like, be, you know, just awful. So, ah, that's tough. That is a, it's going to be a tough call. I guess that's probably why I still lean Okogi, because we're. it'll be nice to have that added defense. Yeah, and, and the experience factor. I mean, we're adding one new guy to the starting lineup, still playing with CP3, Book, and Aiton. So you, you kind of give Craig and ok- Okogi the, the plus right there. Yeah. It might be it. Don't, I don't know. I don't think Tory Craig gets it based on any sort of seniority with the team because he's right. been here a little longer. I, I draw the slate new this year, and I think Okogi, as of late, has definitely earned it. You can definitely yeah. say that about Okogi earned over the last week, undoubtedly totally. earned by him. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what actually comes of it, but I don't know. Even just having this conversation, I, I I'm feeling more confident about our bench. Um, yeah. Our, our weak, not right. deep bench, you no know, depth. I'm like, Anyone who said we had no depth, I'm like, you've never watched a Suns game then, and you've never looked at our depth chart until now. 
because our depth didn't change at all. If anything, it got a little better. Right, yeah. And something that you, I was thinking about when slotting these starters into the starting five, uh, either way, whoever it is, we're going to have such a deep bench that the guys that we were watching play earlier this year, someone's not going to make it. Right. Uh, wh- whether yeah. it's a guard or a forward, one of those guys probably isn't going to be playing as much. So, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> let's that's talk true. about, let, let's just dive into the, we'll start with point guard depth because this mm-hmm. has been untouched as of yet. Uh, obviously, CP3 just had 19 assists the other night. Yeah. Ooh. 17 Ooh. points, 19 assists. That was great. So he's all right. He's doing okay. But after that, we're still waiting on campaign. And then Saban Lee would be considered our third point guard, who's who's our backup point guard right now. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable enough with this depth heading into the playoffs? Or do you think guard is a point that we still need to look at in this uh, buyout market that's still going on? I, I think we need to look at it in the buyout market. This is the the one position that I'm probably the most nervous about. Um, one because Payne's injury seems to be taking a lot longer to to heal than we expected. We don't know what that's going to look like when he comes back. We know he's already kind of an unpredictable player. He had been a lot better this season, but I'm just I'm not sure how he's going to look post injury at this point. Saban Lee has has his games, but I mean he's also had some rough games. So this is I think this is the real position of concern. Um, I think come playoff time we'll probably see some point buck when Chris Paul's out. Yeah. That that's what I was gonna get at. Like yeah. look looking at the point guard position, CP3 obvious starter, campaign. We got to wait till he's healthy and hope that he can be productive in some minutes for us. But after that, if there's any of these point guards out there right now who are bought out and are, you know, might come to Phoenix, I think we should be reaching out to them and replacing Saban Lee if possible. And that's nothing against Saban Lee either, who has been good to great for us in his role and what we were all expecting. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. Very happy with what, very happy with what he's been putting out. But when you're looking at a, you know, playoff time, seven game series, I think I prefer a veteran who's been there before who might not have as much left in the tank as Saban Lee. Yeah. But just, just for that, uh, the playoff experience, maybe that's something, a third string point guard, and, you know, maybe we are attractive. If campaign's going to be out a while, we can say, hey, you'll be the backup. So, yeah. yeah. Options are there, I think. Yeah. So, like, Russell Westbrook, maybe? That's what I was thinking about. That'd be pretty okay. crazy. But uh, I, John Wall, has he signed with anyone? I don't John, think he's no, signed anyone No, I don't yet. think so. Yeah. I mean, worth kicking the tires at this point, I think. Unless, yeah, I, I agree. Unless James Jones loves Saban Lee and thinks that he can be better than campaign in the near future. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So point guard, I don't know. Pretty safe to say it's looking about like how it is right now. And I, I just doubt we're going to sign anyone there, but we'll see. 
I don't think we're going to sign Westbrook. I mean, I was just <laughs> no. reading something that it doesn't seem like really anyone is that interested in signing Westbrook. I mean, between the the struggles on the court, just a lot of the drama off the court, I mean, I can see where teams are coming from. But I do also think he has something left in the tank, so it is kind of enticing. Yeah, he's just going to have to agree and accept a, a way lesser role than what he's expecting yes. if he wants to play on a playoff team. And yep. that's a pretty humbling thing to do. But yeah, Russ is a grown man. He's been in the league a long time. Maybe it's time for him to just say, all right, uh, I'm going to play the best that I can for you guys for the rest of the yeah. season and in the playoffs. And next year, I hope I get a fat deal in free agency. Exactly. Yep. And maybe a ring out of it, too, in the process. That would be nice. Okay, so here's where things just start getting wild, though. Let's talk about the wing shooting guard small forward type situation you know we have now we have terrence ross who just recently officially signed with the team uh we have landry shamit we have damian lee we have josh okogi and then bump it up to more of a small forward there's tj warren tory craig could even play small forward so no matter who gets put into the starting lineup there's going to be a fight for minutes back here in the guard depth do you see any of those guys coming out in front easily? No. <laughs> I mean, as you're listing those names, it's like, who do you play? It's hard. I mean, we know, it's like we said before, Okogi has been really hot. He's really stepped his game up. Really happy about that. And he's a good defender. I mean, TJ Warren is a scorer. He played seven minutes in the game against the Kings, but you know, he's coming off of an injury and he had been playing a little bit in Brooklyn this season. Um, but he's, you know, making his return to Phoenix. So might have to ease him in. It's so hard to say. I, I, I do think I agree with you that I want to see Terrence Ross come off the bench. Um, but it's just like, what do you do with Damian Lee then? Right. I mean, yeah, if you tricky. think about it, Damian Lee's main role throughout the entire season was technically playing small forward. Okay. But do you want those two on the court together, Damian Lee and Terrence Ross? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought about it for we, a second. We might, no. we might score, you know, 15 straight points in five possessions, but we would probably give the same number of points up, too. Right. Man, if I, if I were hard-pressed to do it, and I had to rank those three shooting guards, I think I'd go Ross, Shamit, Lee. I'd put Lee above Shamit. Mm, I think that's pretty – it's a pretty well-contested matchup between two players there. Sure. I would just put him – I'd put Lee above Shamit because Shamit has been hurt all season. Not all True. season, but for a, a while. Yeah, and we recently heard Shamit's not going to be even reevaluated re until after the All-Star break, I yeah. think is what that was. Yeah. And then when they said that, I didn't hear a peep about campaign either. 
So that uh, was a little pain. Pain is being reevaluated next week, I believe. Oh, I see that. Yeah. Very nice. Okay, that yes. feels good. I've been waiting for that news because it seems like it's been forever. Yeah, it has been. But yeah, reevaluated next week for campaign. Okay. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out, and obviously it all depends on who the fifth starter is. But let's talk about a little forward depth here. After KD, we'll have one other forward-type guy starting. We'll have TJ Warren, Darius Baisley now. Uh, Oh, Ish Wainwright's last eligible game as a two-way player is against the Clippers here, which... Same day as this episode comes out. So that will be a decision that has to be made very soon. So, man, I don't know. Do you think Ish deserves a spot on this roster as the goal is a championship? What do you think? I have been thinking about this, and it's so hard to say. Like... I mean, I do. I want to say he's earned it, but like, who else is out there? You know. I mean, he he plays tough. He plays hard. He always hustles. If Carmelo Anthony calls you and you're Matt Ishbia and James Jones at the same time, Mm -hmm. do you say I'm going to cut Ish Wainwright for you right now, or we're not going to? No. 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 Hesitantly, no. Yeah, I was just thinking of. I don't think there's a ton of like forwards on the market right now. Yeah. So Mello is just the one that's been talked about all season. But yeah, I don't know. I like Ish and his strength. And did you know Ish Wainwright played football at Baylor before? Yes. Yeah, believe it or not, I I knew that. Yeah, I I think that's a good thing to just have in the back pocket. In a deep yeah, off series, a little bit of an enforcer. Yeah. yeah, and obviously we're not saying to go tackle guys, but right. I mean, against big burly teams, it's nice to have a big burly guy out there to yeah, to bump with that's them, true. You know? Go out and you know be physical and then hit a couple threes and you know play eight minutes. Yeah, that and, would be nice, I guess. I mean, when we played the Celtics last week. Yeah. He did great on Tatum. That's true. So, you know, he can move his feet a little bit. He can match up with numerous positions. He can shoot the three a little bit. We've seen that come some ways over the his career as a son. But, uh, you know, not a guy you want to rely on to be taking threes all game. But I I think Ish has done enough to keep his spot. I think we give him that last open spot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, just a lot of tough decisions to be made. Yeah. Uh, how about how about Darius Baisley though? Uh, yeah. Am I? Did I miss something? Was he eligible for last game? Was he suited up? I don't know. I thought he was. I thought him and TJ were kind of on the same trajectory, but I thought so too. And I'm a little surprised he didn't get any run. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Well, that, but, you know, I kind of had him as my dark horse for a potential starter, just knowing how good he is on defense. But 
once we uh, didn't put him in the lineup at all that first game, I kind of tempered my expectations on that. But sure, sure. I think uh, when we see this guy play, we're all going to love him, though. I, I think that's kind of how yeah. it went in OKC. He's a hustler. He's a defender. Yeah. And again, playoffs, seven-game series, injuries, all those minutes. You're going to need a deep bench and uh, – I consider that a bit of an upgrade in some situations compared to Dario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. And we saved a boatload of money by making that trade. Yes, or, we did. Matt Ishbia saved a bunch of money out of the luxury, potential well, luxury tax. So. Yes, yes. I was I w- I saw some math on the salary uh, situation and just how some of the moves we made were like very. Obviously, very intentional to to save some money. So, yep. Matt Ishbia is definitely a smart guy. I also believe his mortgage company has a conference coming up in the near future. So, <clears throat> stay tuned for that. I think it's in like Ohio or something. Ooh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I'm bring it down here to Phoenix, brother. <laughs> a mortgage brokerage conference in Ohio that sounds like the last place I want to be I concur you know who could be there though is friend of the show Josh Cranometer as he's a bit of a lone shark himself ah I was gonna say I don't think Josh has any connections to Ohio but lone shark that makes sense exactly yeah he he's big into the loan game <clears throat> what <Whatever. laughs> all right and lastly, I just kind of want to talk about this, just to talk about it. Yeah. Jock Landale, Bismack Biombo. Do you see either guy above the other one, or do you think it's just 100% situational, which which guy is getting the minutes that night? At, at this point, I think it's situational. <laughs> Neither of them have been great this season. Um, Bismack's Jacques been is, blocking shots. That's true. He has. Got to give him props for that, but scoring, no. And Jock, his three has been rough. He's had some DMPs. Um, He has not been great, but, you know, he's bigger. He will at least attempt threes, unlike Busy. I love Bismack Biombo though. Like, he's the nicest guy. Um, I mean, just like last year, how he gave away his entire salary to build a hospital back in um his home country that is amazing yeah he was like a representative for the nba to meet with the pope a couple years ago like you gotta love bismack biombo um very funny in the locker room like he's a great guy to have around i kind of get a similar vibe from jock too like he seems like a funny guy he seems like he's well liked and he's a good guy to have in the locker room too but yeah i mean on the court i really do think it's situational i think if you're over six eight there's a good chance that you're going to be kind of a goofy guy personality wise (laughs) yeah yeah just seems that way. So, mm-hmm. but Bissy's not goofy. He's he's more of a straight shooter, but he's just very friendly from what I yeah. pick up. His he's Instagram got a few stories jokes. are he's got great. A few jokes. Yeah, he. It just seems like he has really good, you know, rapport with 
with the team in the locker room. I've seen some, I mean, we talked about this on a show recently. Dwayne Rankin has some great videos of Biombo, like whether he's like, you know, interrupting an interview or, or he's getting interviewed or something. And, um, he's a pretty fashionable guy too. When you look at his Instagram stories, you know, he'll, he'll have something in really big font. This is like, God is good. And it's him wearing like a silk shirt on a balcony or something. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that seems pretty great. That's right. Busy. <laughs> yeah. You said interrupting an interview. Did you happen to see uh, Cam Johnson interrupt McHale's interview just today here? No, I didn't. I saw McHale scored 45 points tonight, though. What? Yeah, he had 45. No. Yes. Uh huh. Right now? Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm pulling up the box score right now. I'm. Oh, he did. Yeah. McKay, oh, 45 points, eight boards, five assists, two steals, two blocks, 17 yep. for 24 shooting. <sighs> Mikhail! Wow. I miss him so much. Bro. Oh. Good for him, man. Yeah. Good for him. That I'm so happy for him. That's that's really cool. But back to it. So Mikhail's getting interviewed in the conference room. I don't know what's going on, but Cam comes up and he's like, I hate to interrupt this interview, but Mikhail, you're signing the wrong number on your autographs on the basketball. <laughs> oh my gosh. And he was signing uh, 25 on him. He's oh, like, you got to sign number one now. It was pretty funny. That is uh, hilarious. I wonder how many balls he wasted signing those. Yeah. You just send those to Phoenix and sell them. Yeah, right here. they'll we'll get take sold. They'll we'll get take sold. Them. Uh, I love that they're number one and two. That's so great. It's kind of cute. Yeah, it is. Oh, I'm I'm happy for those guys. Cam had 18 too, so no subs oh, there. Perfect. Oh. <laughs> they're like, yeah, guys. When's Durant gonna put up 64? <laughs> uh, you guys miss us yet? Yeah, a against, little bit. Against okay. OKC after the All Star break. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Wow. Sorry for the sidetrack there, but happy for Mikhail. I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't even know they were playing today. That's sweet. No, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled for them. Yeah, but back to Jock and Busy before we move it on. I think those guys know. Like, they probably get it on the schedule, their weekly schedule. Like, Busy, you're playing this game. Jock, you're playing this game. It has to be something like that. I don't. Yeah. Know. Yeah. No, I think you're right. But, uh, you know, Jock, keep shooting threes, bro. It looks good. They're going to start dropping. I, yes. I'm not – I'd just as much rather watch him shoot a three than Torrey Craig or yeah. other guys who get plenty of opportunities. So I, I just hope he keeps firing. Totally. All right. Last week, we just have one game to talk about due to our weird recording schedule lately. But it's a good game to talk about. Suns versus Kings. Winner, 120-109, and was this the first game that Devin Booker looked like he was truly back in form to you? Yeah, he looked really good. Yeah, 32 points for D-Book, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, a couple dunks in there, 13 for 20 from the floor, didn't even shoot a three. Not even necessary, just didn't have to do it. 
but led the team with 32. And then DeAndre Ayton had a nice night, too, with 29 points, 11 boards, four steals, two blocks, two assists. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, he looked really good. Yeah, definitely happy with with Booker being back. So. Yep. And everybody yeah, says nice. our, our bench is weak, and they combined for 17 points. <laughs> Maybe they're on to a little something, but yeah. I'm, I'm patient until TJ Warren works up to a little more than seven minutes for us. I think that'll be a, that'll be good for us. And yes. adding Ross, obviously, I think that's going to be another nice little push. So the bench has gotten a little bit better. I'll, I'll leave it with that. I So... I actually thought we were going to lose this game. Like, I was not super confident going into this. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel pretty good. Um, uh, just given that we won that game. I was actually hoping to win one of the, the four. Last time we recorded, we had four games left until the All-Star break. I was just like, if we can only win one of those, we'll be fine. Hmm. But we've already won two. So Perfect. I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're sitting pretty nice in the standings right now. Like the Kings are catchable right now. We're only oh yeah two and a half behind them or two yeah. something like that. We're on our way. So I mean three seed definitely reachable. Yeah. Two seed a bit of a stretch, but hey, top four is what I would like to see. Yes, yeah, I think I think we'll be okay. All right, let's move it on. Final game before the All-Star break. Maybe the last game without KD that we see for a long time, hopefully. But we have the Clippers Thursday, and Kawhi and Paul George have been playing some great basketball lately. Uh, Yeah. That's going to be a handful for us to guard those two. Yeah, it will. Um, Really wish we had KD right now. (laughs) Um, But that's okay. Yeah, they've been pretty good lately. Um, I don't know. I'm just – I'm at the point where I'm like, just get the game over with. Um, if we lose, it's okay. We've we've done what we've needed to do over the last few, and let's uh, let's get our full squad post-All-Star break. Yep, that's – I'm just really, really, really looking forward to that full squad. And yeah. honestly, I don't, I don't really mind what happens against the Clippers. I just uh, – I'm ready for what's next for sure. Yes, totally. Um, I guess we won't do a bet question this week since um, since this episode is going to come out either the day of that Clippers game or potentially the day after. So uh, we will just skip that and we'll remain tied going into the All-Star break. Um, I, I like the sounds of that. Yeah. But let's let's shift gears for a second here. Before we go to non-sports, we got to talk about something non-basketball but still sports related. It was the Super Bowl. I realize we didn't make a prediction like we usually do, but that's fine. I would have been wrong anyway. Uh, what what are your thoughts on the Super Bowl? I actually really enjoyed the game for the first time in a while. It feels yeah. like yeah, it it's got to be high scoring. It's got to be back and forth. And that's that's what we got. And I, I don't have many complaints, and I know you can complain about the refs all you want, but I won't since my team had wasn't affected by the refereeing. I don't care what happened. Yeah, I mean, it was one questionable call. I mean, it never comes down to one play. Um, 
I guess technically by the book that still was a hold. I thought it was pretty weak. I I was a little upset that they threw the flag. Um, I think Mina Kimes put it well that it was a crappy ending to a great game. Um, you know, I agree, and it, it's it's not. It didn't change the outcome all that much necessarily. Like the Eagles were really, really slow in the second half. They just turned the defense off and the Chiefs were really on fire in the second half. Um, I really don't like the Chiefs, but that's a good team. Um, I'm very happy, though, because I had a free $5 Super Bowl bet from DraftKings. And I said, I'm just going to put this on something that for sure won't happen. So <laughs> I bet my $5 free bet that a PAT or field goal would hit the crossbar or upright. And Harrison Butker came through for me. So I'm $22 richer because of him. <laughs> he came through nice and early in that game for you, too. You didn't even have to wait yeah. around all that much and you uh, cashed out. Yeah, I was pretty thrilled. Um, I felt a little bad because my daughter was like just kind of barely waking up from a nap <laughs> and, uh, then he doinked it and me and my father-in-law were like, yeah, we were like cheering <laughs> and it woke her up and she started crying really hard and she was fine in the end, but it was just a little bit of a rude awakening. But I just said, this, this is going into your college fund. So it's fine. Oh, what a lucky girl. <laughs> Yeah, $22 directly into the 529B. <laughs> well, at least you've started, sir. <laughs> uh, but overall, I agree it was a good game. Um, I liked that it was high scoring. I think back, we watched the Super Bowl together, the Patriots-Rams 13-3, to like horrible game. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always think back to how terrible that game was. So this was definitely better than a game like that. Um, that might have been the most boring Super Bowl I've ever watched, though, I will say. Um, so, yeah, good game. I thought the halftime show was pretty good. Um, I'm not really on either of the extremes. Like, I didn't love it, but I also don't think it was horrible. Um, I thought it was just a nice, straight-up entertainment no like special guests which is very kind of out of the ordinary but i thought it was a nice little change of pace so rihanna's good i thought it was yeah i mean i was a fan from what i've read about the halftime show everybody thinks it was pretty mid okay well i guess maybe i'm not <laughs> out of the order i've just seen a lot of extremes i've seen some people saying this is the worst super bowl halftime show ever and i've seen other people saying it's the best since prince and i'm like uh, uh, i don't agree with either of those things no no i i mean i really liked last year's the weekend or oh no that was two years ago i liked that one but last year's had all the different rappers like kendrick was there and dr dre and 50 cent and I liked that too. So that was cool last year for sure. Yeah, but you know, um, thought it was okay. And then uh, the commercials were—I would say the commercials were probably pretty mid. Most of them agree. Were, I mean, I don't think I've seen a really great Super Bowl commercial in some time. So. Not since the Budweiser one, brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they used to be the star of the show. And then 
And for a while, they went into the real sentimental kind of commercials. Yeah, yeah. That was not, no, I was not a fan of that. Um, Actually, the Bud Light one with the elevator music, uh, the hold music. Oh, yeah. They were dancing to the hold music. that, That one was pretty good, actually. I like that one because I like elevator music, so... Uh, yeah. yeah. I actually liked that one because that's something my wife and I do. Like, when our, our dishwasher or washing machine finish, there's a little song that plays, and we usually dance to it. A little jingle. So, yeah. So, uh, a, a jingle that goes, like, way too long as well. A so, big uh, jingle. That <laughs> Big jingle. That was my nickname in high school. Hey! Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I just, I thought overall the commercials weren't all that great. Um, I liked the, the avocados from Mexico commercials are always pretty funny. That was one of my favorites of, you know, like what would have happened if Adam and Eve would have ate an avocado instead? That was pretty funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, not, not a ton of them stood out. The local commercials were worse than ever. As um, they should be. Yes, 72 sold. I still have no idea what they do, but <laughs> I know they're around. <laughs> yep. I know they think they can get me a lot of money for my house. Still not sure how. But, yeah, they can get yeah. you a lot of money for your house, but then when you try to downgrade and save a few bucks, you'll realize that there's nothing like your house that you can yeah, possibly move exactly. into. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I've thought about it when the market was all the way at the top. I was like, Hey, yeah, maybe yep. I can cash in a little bit here. But then I looked at, uh, what that would consist of. And I didn't want to take that downgrade. Oh yeah. There's a couple houses in our neighborhood that are actually for sale. And, you know, I've thought about it. I'm like, our house is worth quite a bit. It's gone up in value since we bought it. I'm like, maybe we sell and just move to a different house in the neighborhood. But then I look on Realtor.com or Zillow or whatever, and I see, oh, they're half the size of our house. Yeah. So probably not going to do that. No. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're venturing into non-sports territory big time here. So our, our, our topic is, what's your favorite Gen Z trend? Man, I'm always happy to start these off, but I might need a little more thinking <laughs> okay, time. And I'm not fine. trying to start any fights here with any Gen Zers. I'm yeah, not. no, I'll, I'll I'll tell you mine. So Please. I have I have a my brother-in-law. Shout out to Matthew. He turns 17 the day this comes out. So so shout out to him. Uh, if this comes out on Thursday, I suppose that is. Um, he. It definitely embraces like the Gen Z humor. And I think that's probably my favorite. I guess that's not a specific trend. I can think I can get a little bit more specific, but the Gen Z humor, I don't say, I wouldn't say I understand it, but like, I I like how funny they think it is. So, so <laughs> an example of this, there's this great video I saw that, uh, it, it's the different generations. And so there's this one guy and it says baby boomers. And it says when he says, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. And then it so, shows someone as a Gen Xer. The Gen Xer says, when life gives you lemons, you sell them and put that money right into your 401k. The millennials, 
they say, why would life just hand me lemons? <laughs> and then the, the Zoomers are like, lemon. <laughs> and they're like shaking. And I'm like, that sums it up so well. <laughs> and so I think they're like very strange humor. Like, uh, there was that trend that went around of kids doing like PowerPoint presentations like really low quality videos with the Drake song, you used to call me on your cell phone. And then it was like the French revolution, you know, <laughs> um, I, that was a pretty funny trend. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think just a lot of their humor is it's on a different level than I can quite grasp, but I, I appreciate it. Oh, I I'm, I've been thinking, Mm-hmm. And I'll admit it, if I'm on any social media with any sort of short video, I just, the humor is lost upon me, and I'm just so <laughs> old now. But for the most part, from what I've been picking up, I feel like these Gen Z kids are actually kind of nice. Oh, okay. I think they're friendly. And they're nicer to each other yeah, than yeah. me and my little prick friends back in high school. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I think there's been some sort of change there. And uh, I do I do appreciate that. From what I've seen, I could be yeah. wrong. I'm sure it's different everywhere, but right. I don't know. I feel like everyone's just more accepting and cool with each other nowadays. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's reminding me of a video actually where a kid goes into school and some other kid plays a bully and the bully says, give me all your lunch money. And then a bunch of kids say, it's giving broke boy. Me personally, I wouldn't ask for lunch money. Like just go eat your lunch. And I'm like, that is really funny to me. <laughs> just, and the things they say, like, if you would have said it's giving broke boy to me five years ago, I would have been like, what are you saying? <laughs> but through, through my brother-in-law, I have learned some of this lingo, you know, and, and that, that definitely helps me. Um, but I think you're right. I do think they're a little bit nicer. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah, I, I got to end it there because I'm just getting <laughs> out of my wheelhouse here. I don't know what these yeah. kids are doing nowadays. I just I just take guesses. All right. Oh, we, oh, oh wait, wait. I forgot something big. Uh, yes. Sheesh. Sheesh. I know that. We say that all the time. I mean, I've learned also that apparently millennials take what Gen Z finds funny and ruins it like pretty quickly and they move on and we don't so she she's probably old by now but i still think that's great can i do like a big sheesh right here yeah i i won't do it into the mic i just kind of want to let it go yeah do it sheesh nice that was good and now now i'll do a really little one and i'll do like an asmr style yeah don't wake up katir yeah sheesh All right, that ends this episode. <laughs> oh, man. We thank you guys for tuning in, especially if you made it to these last couple minutes of the show. Uh, yeah, we will be taking an all-star break, though, since we won't have a ton to talk about. But obviously, we're looking very much forward to the Kevin Durant debut. 
shortly after the All-Star break, and that's when we'll be back with another episode. Until then, at Sunny and PHX Pod, Sunny and PHX Podcast on YouTube, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Go Suns!